Welcome back to the Grave Consequences podcast on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I am Caleb B, and that's where you can follow me on Twitter. Follow Greg at xmaserati. Follow the show at gc underscore cast. Follow the Social Suplex Podcast Network at Social Suplex. And today we're reviewing Season 1, Episode 24 of Lucha Underground. The title is Trios Champions. Uh, I don't know if Greg has a working title he wants to put on it. I didn't notice anything in particular. We may stick with the run-of-the-mill Trios Champions title, but um, we will see where things take us. Greg, how are you doing on this lovely, lovely Thursday night, January 21st? Well, me and you have been talking all day, so you know my day's been pretty shit. Uh, as far as work goes and just everything else, um, ready to call animal control on my neighbor because they leave their dog out till it's over here. It's, it gets dark at like five. It's like pitch black Mm -hmm. outside and they're leaving their dog out past seven and all it does is bark. So, um, I'm not having the best day. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. And I am sorry to hear that. Um, but to brighten your day. I suggested we review some Lucha Underground and uh, we're reviewing one of the better episodes they've they put out so far. Wouldn't you agree? I, I would actually say that I would act not to one up you, but I would actually say it's probably one of the pivotal uh, shows of Lucha Underground. Like Grave Consequences is what we named the show. Uh, mm-hmm. But if this this episode if this episode had like a special match name or a special name for the episode itself, I mean, there's we could have possibly named the show after this because um, mm-hmm. I, I think this was also one of the pivotal episodes that pretty much gave Lucha its its uh, soul almost. Yeah, and there's one particular moment in the main event that like immediately made this show a standout. The, if you were in the audience. At this show, you probably you probably had the time of your life, I would say. Yeah, because uh, this whole I feel like now it's on a larger scale, but I feel like the only thing that would compare to that particular moment is one that I went to in person. I saw Edge return at the Rumble last year, but now, granted, I wasn't at Boyle Heights for this particular moment we're referring to. Well, I mean, like you can like you can go to a huge concert for a known band, like let's say you're into I don't know, uh, Crazy St- Town. <laughs> well, I'll go a little bit higher. Let's say maybe you go see uh, you you go see like uh, U2 or you know Aerosmith or some name huge name band that everyone knows about. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. you're probably going to have a great time. But this is like going to see an indie show or an indie like uh, I say indie show like it's a uh, like a wrestling. But like this is seeing like a niche band, underground mm-hmm. band, and just in a dirty bar, but having the best performance the crowds into it, like just having an amazing show that kind of leads people to kind of almost gatekeep. You have such a good time. Like, Oh yeah, you love their new stuff, but I was there, you know, at the one show <laughs> where, <laughs> where we were throwing bottles at the, uh, the bar, you know, whatever, like this, oh, this yeah. is, uh, if you were there, you probably had a, a time of your life, especially if you were <laughs> the girl sitting next to Davari. <laughs> oh my God. Don't get me started. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, the cat's out of the bag. Davari's on the show. <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry. It's it's you, you're not again. It's Davari. Like yeah, it, it's not a huge deal. Do you think? Well, I'll wait to ask this question when we get to it. But I I, I have a question about how you feel about when he gets involved because I 
I noticed something kind of strange, I think. I think. So we'll see. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, before we get to that, because that's way further down the line in this episode, the first thing we see on this episode is we, we have Black Lotus talking to us, talking to the camera, saying, you know, she's still being she she's been in kid she's been kidnapped for like a month, blah blah blah. Um she's still being trained. Her master says she's not ready, but you know, her anger is her biggest weakness. No, it's my biggest strength. So we had that little uh, cliche. We also had her uh, fighting off dudes. So that was cool, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. almost, uh, we, we could almost title this, you know, <laughs> Black Lotus fails her Tiger Showman's purple belt evaluation because yeah. mm. what <laughs> she, this was, I, I, I just wasn't into it. Um, it's, it's stupid. The choreography was kind of lame. You know, yeah. is he a luchador or is he a martial artist? They're asking a lot. They're asking for me to turn my brain off quite a bit. And a month, mm-hmm. like, okay, you're not ready for what? It's they, they like to implement karate and martial arts into this. It's cool and everything, but I could skip this part. <laughs> this This is a dumb. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. you feel about it. No, I definitely could, especially like... I don't know. Black Lotus to me, even though she's all over the show, especially in the later seasons, she's such a nothing character. You know what? I, I think I'm glad you said that because is she in any other shows? Like, cause I don't, she doesn't look familiar. I don't think I've ever seen her on any other promotion. Okay. So I knew her as, and it's odd that I knew this cause I loved, well, it's not odd that I knew this. I knew this for a reason. I loved like the last year or so of the WWE's ECW and mainly because Christian was running the whole thing. But um, she was the ring announcer for ECW. She was her, her ring name was Savannah for what it's worth. So has she generic Savannah? Has she wrestled before or after Lucha Underground? Not that I was aware of. No. And I, and I'm not even insinuating she's bad. I don't remember her matches. I don't think she was ever doing anything that like I don't think I've seen a match in Lucha Underground because she is in at least one or two where yeah. I was like, oh, she's terrible. Oh, she's awful. Get her <laughs> out of there. Like she's I, I if I remember correctly, she's fine. But this character, like you said, it's this is a major storyline that I could care less about. Like it's a major mm-hmm. storyline. Um, yeah. They have, no, it is absolutely. It's, it's just. At- I don't think it pays off. It kind of, to me, like you were saying on the one episode, how they were planning on, did you tell me on, on the air what they were planning to do with Ivelisse? Oh, with uh, what she may or may not have done in the third season? Yes. I don't know if that was on the air or not, no. Well, there, should we say it? Well, nah. No. <laughs> I know that's a bit of a cock tease for the listeners yeah. out there, but. But well, sorry, we, we don't want to get into spoiler territory. Maybe we can because it didn't happen. OK, OK, yeah, yeah. They were planning to put the belt on Evil East in the third season. Yeah, and, uh, you said in the Aztec warfare. Yeah, but she had a glass ankle. So they're like, ah, nah, we're good. Yeah. It, and if that had happened, like I was telling you, that probably would have been awful uh, because yeah. Evil East and I'll bring it up when we get to the match. Like she she was good, but her character's weird. Her character is never really a f- true face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just couldn't get at into At best, her. an anti-hero. At best. And it would have been a weird decision to put the belt on her. And this is one of those weird 
things where I think Lucha Underground kind of they worked real hard to push this. I give them all the credit in the world. They they put every all their energy into this. But Black Lotus wrestles like twice, so this is all this yeah. is kind of like the Conan promos to me. Is that it's a <laughs> lot of promos for a person that's not going to be in your ring and is not going to be a major star on your show. Why? Yeah. Who knows, know. man? Do you feel the same way? Like I just don't understand this. Yeah, I again, she was such a nothing character to put so much steam behind her and put her in such a a big storyline. It seems really weird. It's just weird that they didn't have her wrestle more. Like I'm serious when I think yeah. she wrestled twice, maybe, and I'm pushing it. That sounds twice. right. That sounds <laughs> right. And uh, and that match was awesome. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. do you know if there was any reason why they didn't maybe they were actually training her to wrestle this whole time do you think maybe they were doing that honestly i have no idea that would make sense but i'll, I'll stop uh slowing the show down <laughs> hey you're not no it's all good man that's why we're here bro we take like 30 minutes most week it's not a bit most weeks it's not a big deal um Oh, by the way, Sergio Arua playing us in yet again. This one was amazing. Did you notice how awesome this was, man? They were singing a... a uh, what song were they singing? They were just singing it in Spanish. It was a regular famous song. Do you remember? Yeah, I I don't know. If I don't we know, heard it, I don't want to guess. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't guess, but I, I, it was a... A cover but yeah they the crowd yeah. loves them it's kind of cool seeing yeah. a band open a show yeah absolutely we need more of that makes it gives it kind of like a late night show kind of mm-hmm. feel like where you're in for a show uh, i kind i like it i think it's gives yeah. it some uh some flavor and another bit of uh some salt detail. if you will for your yes. chicken. <laughs> yeah you gotta put some salt on the chicken man uh <laughs> <laughs> so mrs dash oh uh, that's yes, it. Some, yeah, no, yes, no Mrs. Spice. Dash. Yep. <laughs> oh, sorry if that's that chicken has a little too much kick for you. Added some <laughs> Mrs. Dash. <laughs> oh man, uh, we're so white. Um, we apologize. Hey, the, the trios belts were on the announcers' table. That was awesome. They look great. They do. I'm gonna that's say two it, for I, two on belts. By the way, I think they're. I think me and you were talking about belts. I'm kind of. These belts look better than the AEW tag belts. I think they look better than the WWE tag belts. Yep. Um, don't I can't picture any other belts in my head right now because of the memory issues. But uh, yep. these are these are nice looking belts. They're damn good. Yeah. Sorry, I said two for two. I meant two for three because I forgot the original Lucha Underground title, which was eh, but it was really small. It was kind of weak. I mean, compared to the belt yeah. they got later, I think that was just a, a placeholder in general. Because <laughs> yeah. their previous belt was Do you think was they like, designed that with the intent of like, hey, we're going to have Cage rip that belt up? I think what happened was they ordered the belt they wanted and it didn't get there in time. So they, <laughs> and I'm 100% serious. I think so they made like a cheapo belt and they're like, you know what? Once that new belt comes in, we'll, we'll, we'll do something with it. And then Cage ripped it in half, which was a cool moment. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Like Shaq tearing down a rim, man. Um, first match of the night, Sexy Star versus Pentagon Jr. And before the match started, one detail I loved is like, OK, we're a week removed from Pentagon trying to break Melissa Santos's arm. She didn't forget about that because you could tell in how she announced Pentagon and how she left the ring as soon as he got there. 
Uh, she didn't care for him, doesn't respect him, fears him, but certainly does not respect him. It's some good attention to detail um, mm-hmm. week to week, knowing that, you know, she could at a mo- any moment he could <laughs> try to break her arm. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Man, what the hell? I need to quit writing down. Um, I, I need to quit watching these shows late at night because I wrote down a sentence that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. What's Mark was impressed. Mark was impressed by the power bomb into the long lung blower. Uh, am I Mark? Is I is Striker you're Mark? Stryker. You're talking about Striker. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Because uh, this an, an, another alternate title for this show might be the Night of the Worst Lung Breakers because none of them look good to me. Like they all fell before they hit. Like there's at least five lung breaker moves, mm-hmm. and every single one of them the person taking the hit fell to the mat before they landed on the other person's knees yeah i don't know if you noticed so, that. no no i did i did now that you mention it i mean sexy star hit one that looked pretty good in my opinion but but no now that you mention it yeah there was a few that oh really stuck out i think hers might have been the only true lung breaker because mm-hmm. she actually did land all of it yeah um, i mean when the shows oh. when i'm sorry go ahead I was just going to say another alternate title we could use for this episode is McDojo 2 Electric Boogaloo. All right, it's done. Nice. That's what it'll be. Nice. I was going to say uh, Vampiro started off this match comparing it to Sexy Star biting off more than she could chew, being covered <laughs> in blood in the middle of the ocean at night, and Pentagon being a shark smelling blood. And that's pretty much exactly what this match was, just Pentagon just playing with his food. Uh, yeah. And they hit on I, I like the commentary points where they hit on like, yeah, she was abused as a kid. She was abused in relationships like she's been abused. They didn't, you know, pussyfoot around anything. Did you see that video of Kelly on Kellyanne Conway's daughter was recording Kellyanne abusing her verbally and like throwing what stuff at hell? her? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Uh and it's like it's bad abuse like the girls like just freezing up and just you know but that's kind of what what they're saying with sexy is that like she was going through like just she it vampiro says abuse since childhood like i when i i thought the the whole story of sexy was that she was just in abusive relationships but vampiro yeah. saying since birth yeah so you can you can, you can bully oh. her you can pick on her but she's been through it so like you got to eventually you got to if you want to win the match, you got to put her down. And that's yeah. what Pentagon failed to do. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we're talking multiple power bombs into lung blowers, multiple attempts at breaking the arm didn't work out. Eventually, again, sexy hit that lung blower and then a roll up, huge roll up to get the win. And this was a huge win for sexy star. But, you know, you get the feeling the feud isn't over. Yeah, they, they you get the feeling that she was the underdog and she not stole it, but uh, because it was an impressive lung breaker. And, and this is kind of like why I like Joshi wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. because sometimes when the women do moves that uh, the guys will do that won't end the match when it, it looks like it should end the match when the women do it. And I can't explain yeah. to you why, but that lung breaker, like, let's say if uh, Trent or uh, Chucky e. T did it, that wouldn't end the match. Right. Yeah. But here, it, yeah. it, and this was done on a man, Pentagon. 
and it still looked like it should end a damn match, and it did. Uh, it, it, I don't know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to articulate it, but it's just weird how some wrestlers can do moves that others can't to finish a match. And I like that. Yeah, I, I love it when a when a strong lariat wins a match. I like it when a you know a tiger suplex win a match. You know, I like that because it means the moves can at any moment you could lose. And with sexy star, yeah. that's with this match. That's what they're portraying is that she can put you away. Like Pentagon's dangerous, but if you don't take her seriously, she's gonna put you away. Yeah, um, I also liked that. You know, when when sexy won the match, Melissa Santos made the announcement, and she was very excited. She uh, she didn't hide any bias whatsoever. She didn't she didn't hide her bias. Nor should were. she. Well, I mean, you know, she's not being a very she's not exuding integrity in that regard because her job as a journalist, as a broadcaster, uh, you, you got to be a little bit unbiased. But you know, I guess one one part of this match did try to break your arm, so maybe I could let it slide. Are the ring announcers considered journalists? Ah, uh, maybe not, but they are certainly broadcasters. That's for sure. They are okay. I guess I could, yeah, I could see that. I mean, Melissa, as the audience will see, is that she's a character too. She is, yes, she she's is a good character too. Yeah, uh, she is extremely likable as a character, which tells you that this show is scripted. Why is she not <laughs> likable in real life? Everything I've heard about her leads me to believe that she is not that likable IRL. Oh wow. Maybe and that's why she that, refused our cameo request. <laughs> that might be. That might be. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's that. I guess that could be classified as prejudging. But again, everything I've heard leads me to believe, eh, not so lot, not so likable IRL. Which I mean, eh, it's your prerogative, I guess. But things will be said. That's all. It's weird because uh, when I watched Dy- uh, not Dynamite, when I watched Impact on Twitch, she they have her hosting the Twitches. And the and the crowd or the audience on Twitch and the channel they love her, uh, yeah. And the, there's just chats going up and down about how much they love her. You know, uh, <laughs> you can't even say anything in the chat because um, I said something about Lucha Underground. <laughs> quickly got got buried. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, people Amazing. were uh, simping pretty hard. Those simps, Sim- simping ain't easy, man. <laughs> Is she, she's still with Cage, so way, watch him catch you simping to her. You, you might be oof, a body bag. Oof. Yeah, yeah, highly possible, highly possible. So oh, by the it. way, this drops like this drops the morning after our Blade episode on Eddie and Caleb Zerocast. So, double dose of Greg and Caleb. That's good, right? <laughs> I just wanted dead air for it to be more awkward. Just leave me out in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man oh sorry it's it, it was the simpin that reminded me of oh vampire simp oh blade <laughs> good stuff um you know it'd be funny if they remade blade and they actually use terms like nowadays like blade i would love to see wesley snipe calling people soy boys and simps <laughs> wait so you think you think blade would be like an alt-right vampire hunter i don't think he'd have to be an alt-right to call people simps do you uh, that's fair enough. Well, yeah, but you said soy boy. Well, I mean, a uh, new male is a term that was uh, came up from the left, I believe. So uh, I hate it. I think you can. <laughs> no, new male is pretty funny. I'll send you some memes. If you okay. don't, know, if you don't right. know what it means. It's pretty. It's the same thing as soy boy. 
Okay. Nice. It's funny. Next up, Johnny Mundo's minding his own business, working out in the locker room. And Alberto El Patron comes up and does his best version of my dad, not dying, (laughs) but rather being a dick. Being a dick for as long as he can. And then when someone shoves back, he's like, whoa, 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 what's your problem? Like, obviously, I love my dad, but he would do that a lot to my mom. And like, we, you know, we even laugh about it to this day, but he would do that a lot. He would, you know, like kind of maybe lightly tease, poke and prod, do it a lot to the point where my mom would lash out and then he would get indignant about it. And that's what Alberto did here. It's what you do in the group chat every day. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, Alberto's like, man, like you're in that trios match tonight, right? Oh, wait, no, you're not. Is, and Patron's supposed to be a uh, face, right? Like, I don't get his character on the fucking show. I think his character is just that of a dick. Like, I think that's it. it may, he makes me like Tejano, dude. Yeah, that's hard to do, man. Um, <laughs> He should be a heel. Eventually, yeah, he should. Eventually, Johnny's like, fucking hate him. Yeah, as you should, as we know. But um, (laughs) eventually, Johnny just gets like, he's like, he's had it. So he's like, hey, hey, be careful. I'm not some guy you can slap around, which direct reference to why Alberto got fired from WWE a few months prior to this. It was like a good uh, little callback. Patron said something about not being able to reach the brass wing brass ring. Cause I don't know if this was around mm-hmm. that time that uh, Vince McMahon said that you remember when Vince said it on the stone cold podcast. About Actually. People... Yeah, I do. I do. I, I wonder if this was around the same time. Cause they love taking shots um, at WWE. This aired in April. So I'd say it's possible they filmed that. Cause that was, that podcast was done in early December, 2014. So highly possible. This came out after or was filmed after. Because Patron said that, hey, you never, this is your story, Johnny. You can never reach that brass ring. And then Johnny says the (laughs) line about, well, I'm not just some guy you can slap around. Yeah. And that's when Alberto hears like some like, okay, you talk shit to someone for so long. Eventually, they're going to send some of the the dozens back. And then you get offended somehow. I don't think he was actually offended. I think he was just mad that he lost the exchange. So he was like, yeah. he just uh, recalibrated the, the conversation like a bully does, <laughs> like someone that's a bully in conversations, how they'll uh, you may he maintained the frame like he's framing the conversation like, oh, you're out of line. What do you mean? Uh, it's a dick move. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. But after that, we had our main event of the evening, the trios finals. We have the team of the whole ass cowboy machines. That's right. Tejano, Brian Cage. And Jesus Christ, King Cuerno, man, I'm having a night. I tell you that we had Team Havoc, as I call them, of Son of Havoc, Ivalice and Angelico. And then we had what I'm calling Rick's family. We have Big Rick, Killshot and the Mac. And this was a lots of lots of spots, man. Spots all over. This was all high spots. Good mm-hmm. ones, like not. I didn't notice too many people helping each other through their moves. It's just people just landing big shots, and yeah. frankly, it was ninety percent in Helico just getting his ass whooped. Like, yes, almost the whole match. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Oh, at one point, Vampiro is on commentary and he compares Tejano's offense to the to the swing of Reggie Jackson. It's like, what the hell, dude? Like that guy played in like the seventies. <laughs> That's your think, problem. And Stryker even, calls him yeah. out. He's like, like it's twenty fifteen. You couldn't say Giancarlo Stanton. Like, what, what's your problem? Yeah, he he was right for the out. I get the impression that Vampiro probably didn't watch baseball after like the nineties. I would bet you might be right. Like most of America, he was too busy in vampire cults studying darkness. I was too busy being a being a bodyguard for Millie Vanilli. Any of those lies. <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, at one point, the action spills out into the ring, and we alluded to this earlier. And old rich feller, at least that's the impression we get, you know, is ran into by Tejano, and he's had it. Glasses, shirt come off, drink goes down. It's, by God, it's Sean Devari. And I love the uh, the overlap because... Uh, I've recently been watching 2005 Raw and SmackDown and, and the pay-per-views and everything. And, like, we're just now seeing um, oh, Muhammad Hassan. So seeing Davari, you know, 10 years apart and, like, seeing him, oh, okay, now he's bald and jacked and blah, blah, blah. And in this, he's, like, relatively a skinny wimp and he's just a manager. It's such a fun uh, contrast, you know? Now, it was funny because Muhammad Hassan's career was ruined because of all that terrorist stuff he was yep. doing, right? How come? Yes. Well, it was ruined by the fact that um, he did a quote-unquote terrorist attack on the Undertaker on SmackDown that happened to air on the same day of a London bombing. It's weird that his career ended. I think maybe he just wanted it to end because Davari's still. Davari was in Ring of Honor a few years ago. Yeah. Davari has been all over, man. Like he went to TNA, went to Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground. He's, he's been back in TNA. Yeah. I mean, I think he's doing all right for himself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, like Davari's just beating the crap out of the beating the crap out of Tejano. Throws him into that pile of chairs. Um eventually like just throws him back into the ring and that leads to the elimination of whole ass cowboy machines and i feel like they're no more yeah that was probably and this is the weird part is the crowd was into it they loved mm -hmm. watching davari beat the crap out of tejano now mm -hmm. in your idea in your mind does that say more about how much tejano sucks or about uh how good davari is because you know that image that he had from wwe that's kind of hard to get rid of you know that's why muhammad hassan's not around yeah, I think it's one of those things of like, I think the temple was legit just like so shocked that like, even though like if you got a close look, because he was in glasses for the most time, so they did kind of try to go incognito with him. But if you got a close enough look, you know it was Davari. But even then, the temple was still like, the reaction was like, oh my God, this guy's, this guy was in the crowd and he's beating the crap out of him. Holy hell. So I think that may have been where the reaction came from. I don't think it was from Davari himself because, like, and I mean, Davari's fine, but, like, he's never really done a lot to stand out for me anyway. Nor for anybody. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think anyone that didn't know he was a wrestler, seeing him in the in the crowd, 
uh, and even especially when Matt Stryker was like, hey, "This the temple brings all kinds to the to the to the to the temple." For, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think if you if you didn't know, uh, then you probably think wrestling is still real. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Oh, and at some point during all that nonsense, Ivelisse fucked up her ankle. You know, I, I have two points about that. It's like I don't know if you noticed, but she was kind of limping on her way to the ring. Oh, I didn't notice that. No. I have a theory that she her ankle was broken going into this match, and that's why it didn't seem like they were scrambling to do spots. Uh, it probably got worse as the match went on, but she was limping on her way down. As she was walking out, she was just kind of limping, and they didn't have the camera on her to watch her going down the stairs. Uh, I think they knew about it. I think they planned around it successfully. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's the other fair, thing, man. The other thing was... Uh, Early in the match, there was actually a spot where Brian Cage was. He did a double suplex on Killshot and in Helico. I don't know if you noticed it, but he started to waver to one side in Helico's side. He almost dropped them. But Killshot, being the professional he is, he actually reached his hand across and stopped in Helico's body from falling forward. And Cage, all Cage had to do was twist a little bit, and he was able to save the suplex. It's kind of a crazy spot. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, oh my God. Oh, at one point, Stryker asked Vampiro for like, hey, between these two teams, who's winning? And Vamp tries to cop out, says, ah, I think the fans. And Stryker, I like he, he calls him out. He says, are you running for prime minister? Give me a straight answer. <laughs> and Vamp uh, immediately says, oh, I, I'll take Big Rick. So he he had to pull it out of him. But, you know. Vampiro was on the side of Big Rick and company, and uh, I don't blame him, but as it turns out, he was wrong. <laughs> like, somehow, some way, Team Havoc wins this match. Fall the Angel on Killshot, and Angelico gets the win. That And Angelico did the craziest-looking buckle bomb on Killshot, I believe. Yes. Uh, and this is one of those things again where the finish is so good that you don't look weak losing to it. Like it looked mm-hmm. like it sucked, and, and you know even though uh, they lost to the underdogs, it didn't. It didn't even make Killshot the person who took the pin look weak. Uh, it, it looked like the kind of finisher where like it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter yeah. how well you've been doing. You get hit by it, you're done. Uh, it was a great buckle bomb, and you know my only problem with this match and it was also the same kind of problem the small small nitpicking problem is that it was 90 percent offense from kill shots team and then 100 percent of angelico taking all the offense uh and just not just never quitting uh they, they kind of yeah. almost were did it to make up for angelico being a geek for the last however weeks he's been on the show months like yeah. he's been he's been portrayed as a geek because this was kind of his redemption was him surviving this gauntlet almost. Yeah, well, that's not his main redemption. His main redemption would come later on in the series. But um, as it turns out, the the show's not over. Dario Cueto comes out of his office as the crowd's celebrating um, along with, uh, you know, Havoc and Ivelisse and Angelico. And I love that the look on Dario's face, like he looked shocked. Like, he did not expect this would work out whatsoever. Like, oh, my God, this team of three people who absolutely despise each other, a former a former couple are on this team, 
And somehow they won the tournament. They won their qualifier and they won the elimination match to win the title. Or so we thought. Dario is a good actor, the guy that plays him. Uh, yes. Who Luis Fernandez it? Gill. He's great. Absolutely. You know, he had a bit part on uh, It's Always Sunny in like the. God, like maybe like season 11 or something. Yeah, he was a doctor. I remember that. Scene. Yes. Yes. Because it was around the same time as Lucha Underground. So I was kind of like, wow, that's cool. But proving once again, as we all know, the first and so far only commandment of Lucha Underground, Dario Cueto is a dick. He congratulates Team Havoc. And then so I was like, well, you know, you won the match, but you didn't win the titles yet because there's one more team in this tournament. And I handpicked them. And you know what? Just to make it, you know, even more interesting, we're going to have a no DQ match. And out comes the crew. Yeah, this was a good way to get heat on the crew and Dario. But mm-hmm. also, I think this adds to the redemption. And yeah. it makes them look from because they're going through a gauntlet this this yes. episode this makes them look like they damn well deserve those titles not like they they managed to steal them but the next time they're they're still underdogs this makes them look like they these belts were made for them um just by being yeah. able to endure all this yeah absolutely I, and i noticed because this this last match was uh, the true main event the unadvertised main event was rather short but a lot of it was Ivelisse playing the face in peril. She was because her ankle was just so shot yeah. at this point. Um, and the, and you got to give Lucha Underground credit. They don't give up on people just because they're mild, you know, moderately injured. Um, mm-hmm. They're still trying to you know, have her go out there. And uh, they could have easily just passed on this trio's team. But they, they saw something in them and... Uh, you know, considering she's injured, she did fine. She did great. I mean, a lot of heart because it's she's standing on this this damn ankle that's made of glass. Yeah, she's a uh, one legged woman in an ass kicking contest, and it shows because I mean, ninety percent of this match is just the crew dominating them and beating the crap out of them. And at one point, Bale takes and Helico to the roof, leaves him there. Son of Havoc is brawling along the guardrail with Cisco, who does a suplex from the rail to the floor to him and they're just be- getting the crap beaten out of him. And he botched that suplex too. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Um, Ivelisse was like, like barely kicking her leg at one point. And eventually she's alone in the ring. She's getting choked out by uh, Castro and striker is do- strikers doing his, doing his best job so far. You know, he's selling just how like hopeless the situation is. And all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere from the heavens, the dive and Helico from the roof of Dario Cueto's office onto the crew, dispersing the Rudos, just taking care of them in one fell swoop. It was wild. Dude, I think that spot he jumped from, I think that's actually above Dario's office. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It's pretty. It's a crazy sick dive. I mean, I think he's lucky they caught him. Uh, because it's a simple crossbody, but it was so awesome. Yeah, because he didn't just fall. Like sometimes when you see people climb high spots, they just fall with their dive. Yeah, their jump. Yeah, you know. And I'm scared of heights, so you won't even see me get that high. But like yeah. he he launches, like he gets up in the air and then lands. Like you kind of like here's the thing. Like it's not only is it a dangerous dive, but he had to 
be able to look at it and see like controlling you how far your jump goes right he had to control being able to make it that far and not Mm -hmm. overshoot like there's a lot of technical parts of this that could have gone very badly but there is a huge margin of error yeah like i mean because how often do you practice jumping i don't know how i'm not good at distances at all would you say that's like 30 (laughs) feet above the ring Mm, highly probably yeah let's say 30 i don't think i'm i don't think i'm uh being hyperbolic at all but like you have to jump towards the ring because it's not directly over the ring it's like adjacent no yeah it's really adjacent it's in the corner of the temple off to the side so he had to kind of like he had to clear a lot of distance with that dive yeah and hit two people that are kind of small for wrestlers yes yeah exactly and exactly. make sure he didn't hit Ivalice on the way down. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah, a lot of margin crazy. for error. <laughs> oh, man. After this dive, Ivalice takes the kendo sticks and swings away. Swings away, man. And Helico, Son of Havoc, eventually get up. They both hit the corners. Ivalice, at this point, is directing traffic, waving them up to the top row, uh, the top turnbuckle. Son of Havoc hits a shooting star press and Helico hits a Warriors Way foot stomp. Son of Havoc gets the pin and the win. Oh my God, Team Havoc beat not one, not two, but three teams tonight to become the inaugural Lucha Underground Trios champions. This is amazing. You know, you just, something you just said also pointed out it was the first time Ivalice was giving instructions and it was correct and yes. it didn't interfere. So, like, they, they grew yeah. as a team just overall. Yeah. So you remember uh, this was probably a couple months back now. I said, like, hey, watch how this story goes. It's going to end beautiful. It's going to get to a point where it's beautiful and you may even cry. This was that moment. Did you cry? Truly, I didn't. I almost did. I was too tired. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you would say yes. No, beautiful man beautiful and matt striker was doing his damnedest again putting over like hey no one believed in these guys and they're still here and they've excelled it's it's, truly remarkable this was lightning in a bottle because not Mm -hmm. only did the commentation the commentary team and this is why we've been so critical of them in the earlier episodes is because this is where we kind of started the show and they're just on fire you know and vampiro is there but <laughs> and then the team, like the redemption storyline, like everything they were bad at, they got good at. They got good at working as a team. Uh, Angelico stopped being a dick and actually yeah. saved Ivalice uh, yes. as as an actual gentleman. As yeah, a as scumbag. an actually like a chivalrous gentleman. That's a great character evolution. It, they all evolved. And, and you know, I, I would say even Havoc evolved the most simply. He just got good. He, he got good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. But even the, the double finish at the end uh, where he does the shooting star and he does the uh, double foot stomp, you know, the the ref, they they both went for the pin <laughs> just for the yeah. just for the uh, the visual picture of it. Uh, yeah. The crew, the crew are a bunch of geeks. Uh, I, yes, I, I, they I, are. I, but. But, uh, you know, they came in fresh as a daisy against a team who just went to war. It just makes them more of geeks. And I, I, I bet you if I were Dario, I'd make one of them pay. <laughs> Why'd you have to say that, Greg? 
I don't know. I'd be pissed, man. Like they're they can't put away, uh, you know, a girl of a broken ankle that went through a yeah. match, you know, and yeah. two other geeks that were just murdered by Big Rick, the Mac yeah. guy called the Mac. It's called the Max, yes. like a Mac truck. You know? Yeah, and a guy called Killshot. Uh, mm-hmm. And you deal with a machine, not even a person, a machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. A guy that's literal hunter who hunts people. The, the most dangerous yeah. game, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't hunt. You don't hunt people. You know, so uh, they're geeks. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, they are. And we'll see where things go from there. But I mean, this was one of the most wholesome moments in Lucha Underground history. Wouldn't you agree? God, it's one of the few. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, oh my God, a lot of Lucha Underground is just like almost misery porn. But <laughs> this is like full-blown Sophie's Choice misery porn. But this is just amazing and wonderful. And the good guys won. Against all odds, the good guys won, man. This is, you know, when you tell your kids, you can be anything, you know, anything you set your mind to, you can do it. This is the type of um, moment that you cite and say, hey, you can do it, too. If, if by God, if Ivelisse can win the trio's title on one leg. You can run this marathon or whatever. And that's not And this was real. Her ankle was really hurt. There was a part where when they win the titles, Havoc goes to hug her like because he's just in the in the moment. And yeah she falls and he just walks away <laughs> like he's done with her like he kicked her to the curb yeah. but like and i think in character she's just kind of like god damn it because <laughs> she yeah. was in pain and the, there was even a yeah. few moves where like they went to grab the leg and she was wincing uh mm-hmm. who who is the guy uh not not cisco not not bail um castro 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 was biting her on the forehead because he couldn't do much of her. you couldn't pick her up and you couldn't slam her so he's choking her he's stomping on her uh, yeah. They as heels, they have to go for the leg, and I I think mm-hmm. maybe they didn't know where her injury exactly was when she went into it. I think she went in with a minor injury that turned into a worse yeah. injury. That um, makes sense. I I felt bad for her, man, and that that kind of helped add yeah. to her because uh, I think everyone knew that she was injured and they were rooting for her. Like she had that injured, like you know when they worked the leg, <laughs> her leg was really hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just. Wonderful, truly wonderful. I guess uh, so, there was no ending. There was no ending scene, so I guess we could. Nope. Unless, Di- unless didn't need one. Unless you wanted to add more to the show, I guess we could review it. Yeah, no, I uh, guess we can uh, give our grade, our letter grade, and um, I would give this a. I was so close to giving this an A, but I gotta give it a B plus, purely because that Black Lotus vignette was so lame. Hmm. I have to give it an A because it is a titular episode, and that that you can skip that that opening segment. I mean, I had a problem with the uh, sexy star match just because I think it was a mistake to give Penta an L. Uh, Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I, I, just, I mean, like I get it. It makes it'll pay off. It'll be fine. But, well, that uh, and not only that, like it extends the story. It does. It's I'm 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 trying to grade things in a vacuum, uh, mm-hmm. but also trying to. I'm trying to eat my cake and, and uh, have my cake and eat it too because I want to view it in a vacuum, but I also can't. I also need to think about future episodes so I grade accurately. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll give it an A minus. Okay, all right, that's fair. That's fair. But man, what a what an episode! What a what a moment! 
and it only gets better from here. This was Folks. uh, uh <laughs> yeah. yeah, we keep cutting each other off. We're we're gonna have to uh, go back into the temple, learn uh <laughs> how to work together. Yeah, we'll we'll have to go to the McDojo. There we go. If we have enough money, we can buy our belts. Yes, exactly. Oh man. So what else can the people listen to on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, Gregory? Now, I was just going to say, um, watch our other shows um, because maybe we don't name them all. Just watch our other shows. We got like seven. They're all great. We cover all the wrestling mm-hmm. promotions. Uh, even yeah. 8-Bit Suplex covers uh, video games, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, One Nation Radio covers other sports as well. Uh, mm-hmm politics too sometimes uh, or current events maybe it's better better way to phrase it yeah yeah keep keeping a strong style covering new japan uh we have um great match we generator. Have a show from yeah great match generator that's a good one you know as the name kind of suggests they generate great matches and they watch them and review them uh we even have a couple of buddies from across the pond that do a show ricky and clive wrestling show Truly great stuff. Great guys, too. Yep. And uh, uh, All Things Elite with Floyd. Um, did you know, I didn't know I got in first place, but I got in first place for, for the AEW contest on, on his show. Really? Yeah. Really? Gave, so, yeah. What I did you a, win? A $100 gift certificate to AEW shop. Oh, man. I'm sorry you have to use it on AEW shop. Dude, I got their uh, joggers. I got I yeah. got their joggers. I got a pin that's a replica of the heavyweight belt, okay. and I uh, I got another hoodie too because I I can never have enough hoodies. Yeah, because all your hoes are stealing them from you. I wish. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. I said hoes. I'll never do that again. Um, God. All things elite. Oh, grown men watch this shit. That's indie stuff. Um, great show. Great show. Don't think we missed anybody. If we did, I sincerely apologize. Wait, DJ does two shows? Does DJ do Uh, two shows? Does he still do Get in the Ring? Or has he retired that one? I don't remember. (laughs) Well, it's in the archives, folks. You can listen to the old stuff for sure. Um, If not, we'll blame Greg. Uh, We'll say Greg made the mistake here. Um. Wow. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we can get out of here. Word. Yeah. You got to do Folks. your catchphrase. Yeah, of course I do. Come on now. That's part of the gimmick. If you don't Although, do your catchphrase, there will be grave consequences. No. Th- damn it. Don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people might tell you dreams don't come true. Those people, <laughs> like lots of people, they'd be wrong. And sometimes when you're wrong, there's only grave consequences.